Hey, no name-calling here. Just differing opinions going head-to-head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. And it is time for Counterpoint. Lots to talk about tonight. John Mraz, former liberal war room guy. Perfect guy for tonight. And Bill Hutchison, former competitor and journalist and now a professor over at Seneca. Hey, guys. Hi. All right. Let's um, talk a little bit about uh, the segment that I just did about, you know, this narrative of eat the rich, because uh, we hear it all the time from Andrew Horvath that she just wants the rich to pay just a little bit more, um, which is a page right out of Bernie Saunders campaign. Um, but the suggestion, and I'll start with you, John, that the, the rich, they don't pay their fair share is 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 simply wrong. It's just not true that but, they don't pay their share. And by the way, there's not enough rich people in Ontario to pay for all the billions of what she's promising. But it is one of the principal treaties of Karl Marx's Das Kapital, right? So <laughs> you says know, it all. Right, like, <laughs> uh, so let's all just remember and take a breath that the NDP are the new Democratic Party. They are social Democrats. That is an ideology, unlike the liberals, who tend to look at things on a case-by-case basis or sort of common-sense conservatives who might do the same The NDP have an ideology. Their ideology is socialism, and they have never hidden that ideology from anybody. Their party is infused to the core with it, from labor unions across the board. And they believe that from the rich, must the money must go down to the poor, and that everybody should have a. But it doesn't. It just gets to their union friends who are hardly poor. That's the that's the irony. I mean, mean, it's like okay, they'll all I guess they'll all be wearing their Che Guevara shirts on election day, should they? Hey, it's okay. Go ahead, tax the rich. I'm not rich, so you won't tax me. <laughs> in fact, I don't think you'd be here if we get hit by that. Well, I'm certainly no, not rich the, either. But the I, problem um, is, yeah, as mark. you say, there aren't enough people. It's like one percent that make over three hundred thousand a year. So two twenty that... is what's considered rich. Okay, that wouldn't even cover the mistake, the oopsie they had in their budget plans—the one point four billion. No one cares billion. about that, Bill. Uh, Clearly, I, know. I realize. I realize that. It's uh, 8.6% of the population make over 100,000. A lot of them are on the sunshine list. They pay 57% of the taxes. How is that not paying your fair share? Yeah. They only have 32% of the income, but they pay 57% of the taxes. How is that not your fair share? Yeah. So you get to the point where you, you, yeah, it's great to say, let's tax the rich, make the wealthy pay. The wealthy also have loopholes that they can they can exercise, uh, whereas it's going to come down to all the the people in the middle class that they'd, they'd have. But to, but if I'm re- if I'm a rich person, I, I'm not getting out of bed every day and slogging my uh, you know self to the office for twelve to fifteen hours, six seven days a week to run a marginal business tax just to rate's have to already fifty three point seven percent. She wants to put it up over fifty five percent. How is that fair? Where did it end up in Britain back in the day? It ended up over 80 or 90%. Yes, a lot yes, of people and that's left when the you. Beatles moved out. Yeah, the Beatles moved out. And they wrote the out. tax man. And yeah. Margaret Thatcher came in and, and yes. corrected all that. And look, I look. love Margaret Thatcher's uh, line. The problem with uh, socialism is sooner or later you run out of other people's money to spend. I can't believe I'm about to quote Bob Ray, but Bob Ray once said to me, look, one of the things I learned in office when I was working around, and he said was, if you want to lay a golden egg, you better not kill the goose. And Andrea Horvath should probably take... That advice. Well, the, yeah. the flip side of that is she also wants to tax wealthy corporations, yeah. which you know poss- cannot possibly leave the province. They can't possibly take their capital elsewhere. Yeah, no kidding. And, like, I, and wealthy States corporations are more than happy oh, to yeah. pay those taxes and take less in profits. Sure. Yeah, because yeah. that'll happen. I know. Well, and by the way, we are now paying apparently for everyone's loans for education. However, oh, and, many and billions come on in and, and my use own. the services as well. Yeah. Um, well, here, here's interesting. Take a listen, because there are a lot of people still unde- undecided. I'm not really uh, captivated by any of them. Not, not sure yet. That's can't commit on that. Can't commit? No. No idea. No idea. I don't like any of the candidates. 
We hear that a lot, but Ipsos has two new polls, one that shows Andrea Horvath is the people, you know, most liked, 46%. Ford is at 31, win is way back at 22. But Ipsos says their polling shows that when it comes to strategic voting, they are seeing the highest levels in 30 years. And so this vote, John, is becoming more about stopping Ford or win and then it is in voting for the NDP. I just don't real. I don't think people realize what they're going to be possibly waking up to on June. June I remember June when 8th. they referred to thirty years ago. They're referring to the very election that <laughs> yeah, brought in Bob, Bob Ray. Ray. Um, and, and and so I mean, it frustrates me uh, as somebody who wrote as a political journalist for years and who's been around politics for low these two or three decades that people. I, I think it's completely fair not to have made a decision yet, but. When I hear that people are making decisions, just I'm voting against two things, notwithstanding what the third thing is. Just or, out or, of simple or this nice thing, like we, we're here. I need friends. But that's what happened in the federal election. They voted against Harper. People decided, I don't like Stephen Harper, so I'm going to vote against him. Hmm. Justin Trudeau, he seems like a nice guy. It's all sunny ways. I'm going to vote for him. And, and how'd that work out for you? Well, but that's a thing. I we, don't think it was that everyone, simple. Bill. Well, no, it, it was. was that simple. A lot of people make their decisions based on I kind of like that person. He's good looking. Yeah, he's sad dreaming. I think that the the country had also tired of a government that was a little long in the tooth that had endured some scandals of its own. Does this sound like Ontario? It sure does right now. And I also think the that it's a healthy the thing. The difference was that the Harper government was managing the economy very well. I, whereas I like to believe subconsciously that voters know that it's a good thing. That uh, you know, a change in government once in a while. It is, but is, the po- well, yes, and in, but look idea. at the policies. Look at what they're what they're promising. Not and, don't look at the personality. Well, of the, the person. only other party to vote for other than Doug Ford that are not social democrats, that is socialists, code for socialists, would be the Ontario Liberal Party, the Green Party. But well, as you've you seen from federal polling numbers, if there was an election today, the the you know the sunny ways would be out the door already, and it's only year three. I don't believe that's actually true. With the well, polling it's we'll a long way from um, that election. It is. Sadly. Uh, let's play a new ad that uh, Kath, Kath has released a new ad. I can do better. Yes, you could. How can I make life better for you? You go. That's what go. I think about when I get up to run at five in the morning. Just keep running. Government isn't about winning power. It's using the power you're given to help. Yeah, help more kids go to university and college so they can get good jobs. Mm-hmm. Investing in seniors care and health care and schools. In hallways. More steps to protect our environment. That work never stops. Better never stops. Neither will I. No, you should. Stop. Stop. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was drinking drink, taking a drink of water there when, when I heard that. I can do better. No, you can't. Un- <laughs> <laughs> but what, a, what an interesting narrative. I can do better. I mean, that, that says it all. Next, next she's going to be, I mean, she's not even calling herself, herself Kathleen Wynn. She's I calling don't. herself Kathy. Kathy. I Next don't will be think K-Dot. she can do better. I don't know why you're looking at me. I had nothing to do with any well. of this. But uh, it is an interesting ad insofar as the liberals are doubling down when I hear this on Kathleen Wynne as their greatest asset, as opposed to the Ontario Liberal Party, who have held, I believe, government in Ontario more than any party since Ontario's inception, mm. and who have a pretty good record through a lot of those governments. The Ontario well, hold on, Liberal wait Party, a second. For the last 15, you're saying that the record's... Are you out of your mind? I am saying that the Ontario Liberal Party's brand is much stronger, if you look at the polling, mm-hmm. like the Liberal Party, because many people associate it, many immigrants associate it with mm-hmm. programs that allowed them to flourish in Ontario You know, through the last few decades. It is a much stronger brand than Kathleen Wynne, and I think it's very interesting. The last ad that came out was a third party. It was a woman walking through a field that looked like it was probably the green belt somewhere. <laughs> 
And I thought, that made sense to me. Let's take the focus off Kathleen. Let's just talk about the party and its principles and whatever it believes it's accomplished and could accomplish. They've gone right back to Kathleen. Looking at those numbers, I don't get it. Tactically, think, it makes no sense I think sense they're desperate me. at this point, and I think they they looked at the numbers and said everybody seems to like Andrea Horvath because she's such a nice person. Let's reframe Kathleen Wynne as a nice person. gentle, motherly. She is the most likable. Uh, Kath, uh, you know, Sue. On what a- Andrea Horvath oh, well. is sort of the most likable of the three human beings. How do you know? Have you ever hung out with Andrea Horvath for yes. two, three weeks? You Not have. For like, two, three weeks. When did this? I don't care if they're nice. I care if they lower my yeah. taxes and stop spending my money. I'm not there to be friends with them. Fix the bloody province. Well, it's Kathleen not there. I don't care. No, if I, agree. I have to agree with you. I don't have to like the oh, leader. She's nice. I, I want to look at the policies, and that's why I said people look at them and say, "Oh, Justin Trudeau, he's such a nice guy. So I'm going to vote for him." And that's how we ended up with Justin Trudeau because they didn't like Stephen Harper, and and people and do make their decisions changed? on I mean, that. Look, People look at Kathleen Wynne and they think of all the problems and the troubles that the Ontario Liberal Party may have given them as taxpayers. Or people not may look have. at Doug Ford. Not may have. It's not even up for debate, There John. is a waterfowl ready for flight. Mm-hmm. And then they look at Andrea Horvath and, uh, and not a particularly you know friendly looking waterfowl. And, and then you look at Andrea Horvath, and she seems sort of like a normal human oh, being. She's so nice. She'll give me everything for free, and then she'll give me a bill. I didn't say even it was right. And then you know what? Taxes to death. I've perception. got a rap, but you know it's bad when your own candidate in Windsor won't campaign with you. <laughs> so they don't even want Kathleen Wynne A on their signs. The red liberal signs are actually painted orange now. It's weird, and and they don't even want candidate to... up in Mark and won't even put liberal on their on her well, sign. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, we're going to take a quick break at 8.29, and when we come back, we'll talk about this possible tape uh, that the Liberals have that they are going after uh, Doug Ford on, and is this the October surprise? We'll talk about that next here on Point. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio. Hey, no name-calling here. Just differing opinions going head-to-head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. 8.33 here, John Mraz, Bill Hutchison facing off over counterpoint. And uh, the story that we kind of started things off, apparently, uh, according to the Liberal Party, they'll be holding a 9.30 presser because they've gone into their little war chest, they've got their little goodies, and they are said to be releasing a quote-unquote recording of a uh, Etobicoke Centre candidate, Kinga Surma, uh, who's in a private conversation, I guess, with Doug Ford. They, they say it will directly implicate him in a membership-slash-nomination issue. So... You've been in a war room, John. This is when we're going to start to see the big bullets fly, the October surprise. This doesn't sound like a bullet. If it is what you say it is, then it's I don't know what it is. I'm just saying, uh, I'm reading what they said on the press This, Max, of desperation, if you're going to do this, uh, you're talking about, I mean, if I understand it, a private conversation between two people in which the person recording is not a material part of the conversation. I don't know what the situation is I don't even know how you get that through legal. Let's start there. Then let's get to nominations. All three parties have dirty, messy, ugly nomination processes. Ask any candidate, unless they're acclaimed, and by the way, those are the ugliest of all because you're pushing everybody out of the way. What this looks like, Elections Ontario, Elections Canada need to get involved. They need to adjudicate this stuff. It is impossible to be the leader of a party and not be embroiled. All three of these leaders are guilty of being embroiled in nomination well, processes that one? were corrupt to the core. Now, yes, you release a tape like this. Uh, be careful what you wish for, liberals. Uh, this might just directly ban- benefit Andrea Horvath, who right now has pretty clean will. hands. 
Uh, and remember, Doug Ford does come with some baggage attendant, you know, his family's history and some other stuff he's done. Andrea Horvath, no matter what you say about her, really doesn't have much baggage. How do you know? What are you talking about? There's an investigation ongoing right now in Hamilton that the media has decided is not a story. It talks of allegations of harassment, bullying, a, a running MPP who is said to have, um, you know, pressured a staffer to come up with an allegation of sexual assault to, to get a staffer fired. Three human rights cases? Are you kidding me? Sounds like an ordinary labor meeting on a Tuesday. Okay. I mean, come on. Really? I don't know. Allegations. I love all these allegations, untested allegations, anonymous allegations. Ask Patrick Brown how he feels now about untested anonymous allegations. But the point I'm making is that apparently it's not a story. Now, if it were Doug Ford and there were 12 uh, harassment and bullying complaints. Is there a videotape? Is there a tape? Are there documents? There are tapes, At this stage, you only need allegations, and you know that. No, no, no. There's audio recordings of conversations between Paul Miller uh, and another another MPP, Monique Taylor. The story is a big story. So proving my point that there is lousy and often unethical, sometimes even illegal behavior in all of the nomination processes, uh, not all of them, but in many of the nomination processes in all three parties, and we better reform that. Right. Right. Absolutely. It's, a, it's a terrible way to choose your candidates. And, you know, at Doug Ford, as the leader of the, the Conservative Party of Ontario, would have been involved in conversations about nominations. He would have had to have been right away. He would have had to have made decisions. Can't believe I'm defending here, but I sort of am. Uh, go. I'm going to let you go. King, Kinga, as as we know, a candidate, I believe, in Etobicoke Centre yep. out there. She's, she worked um, for Rob Ford And I understand point. an old friend yeah. of Mr. Ford's. And uh, and she was actually nominated when Patrick Brown was in charge. That's that's correct. And, and, and I have run nominations, in fact, in that very riding. It is pretty fraught out there. I could get uh, a lot of ethnocultural competition. I think that's settled down somewhat. But you go out into Mississauga, there's lots of that going on. There's less of it in downtown Toronto. There's less of it in rural... Ontario. Uh, but there are ridings that are traditionally difficult to nominate candidates in without there being a whole bunch of uh, hijinks, hijinks and angry people as a result. Feelings get hurt. I want so so Bill, <laughs> the question then is why is it only a story for one party if it's so rampant with we all three? No, because the media hate Doug Ford. Obviously, that's the I mean, there is a bias against Doug Ford. You can tell in the questions that, that they ask. Uh, Andrea Horvath. I mean, How's your I, hair? I, your hair? What shampoo do you honestly, use? Honestly, I watched her being interviewed on on a TV station the other day, and she was asked, "Do you have any lucky charms? What's your favorite song?" These were the kinds of questions she was being asked. They're absolutely ridiculous. Whereas Doug Ford would never get those kind of softball. By questions the way, I've invited Miss Horvath on this show several, several, several times. The uh, invite is open, and. Um just waiting for her to accept the invitation. Yeah, the first question that, that people in, in the media ask her, so how do you like the polls so far? Well, what I would be at, What I would ask Ms. Yeah. Horvath is, do you support BDS in schools? You've got a number of candidates who are anti-Israel. Are you going to be putting a, a, a bar down and making sure that doesn't happen? You've got truthers, you've got people. I mean, there are a number of candidates, John, who are very, very activist, as you say. They're activists in the NDP because they've never been really scrutinized, so they tend to get the activist candidates. But you look at some of their resumes and you're like, what? Well, you've got a number of candidates who never expected to actually get into government. They were running third, and so they're just names that they put in there. That happened when, when uh, Jack Layton uh, suddenly got, swept through to Quebec. Of, he had, he had, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, candidates, uh, two though, or three candidates who'd never been to their riding before. Yeah, they got one was down in Vegas for most of the yeah, campaign. She was yeah. And, and, yeah. Yeah. But, but she was asked about this by the Toronto Star in their editorial board uh, yesterday 
yesterday in their board editorial. She was asked what? She was asked, let's t- Rob Ferguson said, let's talk about your bench strength. Do you have people ready to go and govern? And she laughed it off and she said, we'll send them to candidate tra- to, to MPP training. And it well, was like. Well, let's go back to Bob Ray. This was one of Bob Ray's greatest problems when he got elected. He, he actually, no bench strength. He had no bench strength. No. So he's a very bright guy, but he was surrounded by. You know, the silence. Like, can you tell me one person in the NDP party who could actually be the finance minister? Who who would that be? I, I wouldn't know. E- well, exactly. <laughs> At least with um, with I Ford, I you would know. have Vic, Vic Fidelli. Fidelli. Yeah. There's some terrific candidates. Peter Bethlen Falvey, mm-hmm. Rod Phillips. You've got Carolyn Mulrooney. You've got Christine Elliott. He does have bench strength. You can hate Ford, but he has bench strength. And even Kathleen Wynne has experience on her bench, even if I disagree with it. Just as none of us could have seen Doug Ford ascending between Carolyn Mulroney and Christine Elliott, I don't think anybody saw Andrea Horvath surging the way she is. And so when candidate recruitment came along, you know, and that would have been six months or a year ago, none of this had happened. And it was a hypothetical. You can't very well push candidates out of the way. And there'll be all sorts of writings that the NDP actually are now contesting that Six months ago, their inner, you know, their their inner, uh, whatever you call it, gold chamber, or whatever star chamber would have and said, we have no chance that. Do they have any star candidate? Like, who's the their voters... star candidate? Can you name one? Andrea Horvath. Andrea Horvath right. is the star candidate. And what's interesting yeah. about that is that she was kind of a non entity for the last two well, elections. Yeah, she was in the witness protection program. Decade. According, but even when she tried during yeah. the last two elections, she got nowhere. There was no traction for her. But do you think the voters care? that the, they may be electing an MPP who has no clue even where Queen's Park is, which, let alone Which goes back to our first segment where there. you have a whole chunk of voters that I'm a little bit disappointed with, yes, that's you out there, that are voting just again the Liberals and again the Tories without thinking about what they're voting what for. But, but, get. But or, or, you right? know, what the policy will do to this province. I mean, you can be as angry as you want and hate someone as much as you want, but are you willing to put the whole... I mean, we're talking private businesses, economies at risk, jobs at risk. Are you really willing to put all of that on the line because you don't like someone? I'm just saying the policies I, I matter. I suspect, by the way, a lot of these people just won't vote at all. I, I wonder about turnout. I wonder about turnout. I think that the conservative base must be motivated they will be. to turn out. Yeah, they'll show up. The liberal base is clearly yes, not motivated to turn out. If the NDP had the unions on side, that's a tremendous they, ground they do. game. I, well, that's why I'm. I'm that's yeah. why she's. she's they have now, a tremendous that's ground why, game yeah. getting people out to vote, and I mean, that's what the, carried the liberals. The liberals are really taking on the chin. They're watching some of the unions that were supporting the move to Andrea. Some of, of them moved to Doug Ford. Well, the private unions will will probably back Doug Ford. The carpenters unions and the and they're big unions. But the bottom line is, um, all the and government I have civil pro- service unions. Yeah, they don't. No, no back to work legislation ever. Right. No, but and, and, and that's the thing. And then Andrea Horvath, it's so transparent. You know, I'll review the 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 superstores selling the alcohol and stuff because I don't want booze sold by my cheese. I mean, they're already giving their marching orders. Bill told me earlier on tonight he likes his booze sold next to his nuts and chocolate bars. <laughs> that's not true. I don't eat nuts. Chocolate bars, yes, but. I like it with chips and everything, pot, chips, booze, all of it, one-stop shop, out. Frank Magazine, I'm good You're going to need it on June 8th if we elect the NDP. I won't be here wow. June 8th if what I think happens. You know, I, I, I was, I was going to say, I'd go to Alberta, but there's stuff. Like, that should be a preview. Look at BC. Look at Alberta. Oh, what Hello. A what a mess. Guys, I got to leave it there. Uh, John Raz and Bill Hutchison joining me tonight. Sorry. <laughs> on Point on Global News Radio.